0: Today on episode number 705 of The School of Podcasting, we have a Because of My Podcast story, and I always talk about what makes a good podcast. Today, I'm going to play some samples.
1: Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson.
0: Podcasting since 2005. I am your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. This is where I help you start your podcast and grow your influence. My website is schoolapodcasting.com. If you go over to slash start, use the coupon code LISTENER, and you can sign up for either a monthly or yearly subscription or buy the classes a la carte. I am fresh back, like I just got off the plane after uh, spending the weekend in Boston, and I was kind of worried because I really wanted to hear somebody say something like, ah, I got a pocket car. Wicked. Something. And uh, luckily, I turned on uh, the Uber driver, had the mayor of Chicago on some sort of station. And uh, he was saying all sorts of very Bostonian type of things, which was great. Really great time. I went up and talked to a uh, the National Speakers Association, which is kind of like writing a letter to grammar girl because I'm talking in front of a room of speakers. But I had a really great time, really great group of people. And uh, they've inspired some of today's episode. But before we get to the, what we're going to talk about today is what are the characteristics of a good podcast? We've talked about this a little bit before. So this isn't really a rerun. You're going to hear some things again, but I've got a new take on it. Something else that I've looked at. And I'm going to play some clips from Mark Marin and some other things here as I go along. Because i I hear this all the time where people go, that's a good question. And it's not. You know, it's somebody like, hey, I see, Dave, that you wrote a book. Uh, what inspired you to write the book? And the person goes, oh, yeah, that's a good question. No, it's not. No, it's not. What? So uh, I kind of thought about this. I'm like, well, what does make it good? What is a good question? And things of that nature. So we're going to get into that. But one of the things I always like to start off the show with is a because of my podcast story. And this is if you can answer this question because of my podcast Blank. And it's just something that wouldn't have happened except, well, you had a podcast and it did. And I always say there are a couple things in this clip. It's from my buddy Fred Castaneda from The Podcast Reporter. And I always say when you start your podcast, you will attract like minded people. And I also say that when you have a podcast, people are willing to talk to you. It's kind of weird. If you went to like a CEO of a company and said, Hey, can I borrow you for like 20 minutes and we can go get coffee? They'd be like, get out of here, kid. You bother me. But if you say, Hey, can I borrow you for like 20 minutes to be on my podcast? they would be like, sure. When do you want to make that happen? And so this is a great example of uh, that. And uh, with that, I'm going to turn it over to Fred.
2: Hi, Dave. This is Fred Castaneda, your good buddy and also a podcaster for the past 14 and a half years And of course, I have my podcast, my flagship podcast right now is podcast reporter at podcastreporter.com. And I wanted to relate to you in this segment about because of my podcast, something that happened to me in two instances, and it ended up with a wonderful third result, almost like an accidental creative. Because of my podcast, I was able to interview one of the World War II veterans, one of the last surviving World War II veterans. He just passed away this last year. His name was D.G. or Daryl G. Harris. And he wrote a book called Casablanca de V.I. Day, A Paratrooper's Memoirs. And it was his account of what he went through during his time in North Africa, Italy, Sicily, and also fighting in the Battle of the Bulge and uh, making three parachute combat jumps in Europe in World War II. Well, because of my podcast, Donald G. Wynn, that's the sergeant that you... I uh, had recorded and published his favorite podcast for 2019. Well, Sergeant Wynn also has a podcast called Soldiers Stories SoldiersStoriesPodcast.com. And because of that, I learned something about him and I was very interested. And so because of my podcast, I contacted him and we had a good discussion because I sent him the mp3 file and the materials of the interview I did with D.G. Harris, and he's since going to publish that. And I have a feeling that he and I are going to be connecting very closely. He just started podcasting, and if I could be a help to him, I've already sent him a ton of materials and things like that so he could learn not only about podcasting, but podcasting for soldiers' Stories, because as you know, I had a couple of podcasts that were about veterans service organizations, including the Combat Infantrymen's Association and the Combat Infantryman's Stories, as well as the 82nd Airborne Division Parachutist Stories. And since Sergeant Wynne was a member of the 82nd Airborne Division, he and I had a lot in common. So very much like the situation I had where, and I gave you this because of my podcast story before, I was able to interview both Joe Galloway, who wrote the book, We Were Soldiers and Young Ones, which was made into a movie starring Mel Gibson in 2002. And also, I was able to interview and meet Jan Scruggs, who wrote the book, To Heal a Nation, which was made into the TV movie about the Vietnam Veterans Wall. Just like that, I was able to meet Donald G. Nguyen, and I think that we're going to have a good relationship. And not only that, I can see that we're going to interview each other. We're going to have cross-promotions. And I hope that I could teach him as much as you had taught me and also that I can help him in his podcast endeavor since he just started right now and I've got four, or nearly 15 years of podcasting. So because of your podcast, Dave, <laughs> I was able to listen to him and find out about his podcast show called Stories com, And then because of my podcast, I was able to contact him and because of his podcast now, We've started a good relationship as old comrades from the 82nd Airborne Division, veterans. So I was able to take not only my experiences and my relationships from my comrades in arms, paratroopers from the 82nd Airborne Division, but I was able to take my podcasting notch one step farther. And it went to a new level because I was able to connect with somebody who, and I'm trying to get him to go to a podcast conference, maybe we'll connect in person We are now joined as comrades in arms, paratroopers in arms, and it was because of your podcast that I found out about him, and because of my podcast, I was able to contact him and try to help him to make his podcast a success, and I think you're going to find that we're going to be interviewing each other pretty soon. I'll let you know about it. Anyway, thank you very much, Dave.
0: Thank you, Fred, and of course, I'll have links to everything out here at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 705 if you didn't know. Fred was in the 82nd Airborne, and I always say, if you're a person that thinks you're the only person that thinks or feels or has a certain situation, and like in Fred's case, they were both paratroopers, there are other people out there, and they're not going to find you if you don't put out your podcast, and that's one of the things I want to talk about today. I was uh, in Boston, and I was hanging out with Ed Sullivan from Sonic Cupcake, if you want to uh, need help with uh, audio editing. You can go check out Ed. He's a really cool guy, was uh, my favorite Uber driver ever. He was, he doesn't drive for Uber, but he was nice enough to, uh, well, first of all, Robbie uh, Samuel uh, took me out to dinner the first night I was there, and then the second night I got to hang out with Ed, and Ed took me, there's a, a cigar shop that has this completely decked out podcast studio, and Ed is the engineer, and Dave runs the cigar shop, And then kind of as a bonus, they're like, Hey, let's turn the upstairs into the studio. And Dave does the cigar authority. And he, I was talking to him. First of all, this guy's just like, he's taking his business. And again, most of the time your podcast is not what generates you money. Like people are not spending money for your MP3s. That is a, a strategy, but typically that's not the way it works. Usually. You use your podcast to build a community and you build a relationship with your audience who then want to support whatever products you have. So Dave has been in cigars like forever, basically. Really nice guy. And he had one example where his audience, and this is where I say sometimes you don't know the product until you jump in like you don't know what they want until you jump in. And so he jumped in and he was, he would start off and like, Hey, today we're, and for the record, I know nothing about cigars. You'd have to go talk to Jim Cullison. He, he occasionally will light up a stogie, but not me. So Dave would be on the cigar authority explaining what cigar he was smoking. And his audience went, Hey, do you know what cigar you're going to light up next week? Because, I would like to have one. And Dave is a smart marketing cookie. And he said, hmm, my audience wants to have the same cigars I do. So what he did is he reached out to his sources for cigars and said, hey, can I get a bunch of your cigars at a discounted price? And then we're going to make these sets for like a club. Like, hey, if you want to be part of whatever his club is, you know, sign up here every month. We will ship you a package that has the cigars we're going to be consuming during the show. Brilliant idea. And so the cigar manufacturers gave Dave a big discount because he was buying them in bulk. Dave turned around, sells them for a profit, and his audience gets to experience the same thing he does. That's, a, and that's one of those things that you don't know until you start making it. And your audience goes, um, excuse me, hello, I have an idea. And Dave has all sorts of other things that he's doing. But the one thing that I really took away from Dave is I never think about this. If you're in a situation and your product or your lifestyle, maybe your opinion Anything that just isn't going to go over in the mainstream, because Dave explained to me, he goes, you know, back in the day, we could advertise in magazines and on TV, and you can't do that anymore with cigars. And I was like, man, that's right. Holy cow. So, and he said, one out of a thousand people use cigars. Use? Is that the right word? Consume? And I thought about that. and. So now when Dave has really decent numbers, that says something, because it's not a case where it's Pop-Tarts, where everybody loves Pop-Tarts. No, Dave's talking about cigars, and only one out of a 1,000 people is like, oh, man, that's what I want to hear. So if you are in a situation where you're trying to get some exposure for your idea, for your attitude, for your cause, for your product. And for some reason, this just doesn't, we can't get any exposure in mainstream. I can't get anybody to give me the time of day. You should start a podcast. And Dave was explaining how, you know, he's working with, he's got a ton of sponsors. And what's great is he had these sponsors come on and since then, he has like a line, like people are waiting. Why? Because again, he has a very niche product. He has cigar smoking people. And so people like, hey, we're thinking of not renewing our license. He's like, okay, just so you know, you've been with me for X amount of years. And, you know, you can go ahead and cancel. Uh, Just realize that if you later change your mind, it's going to be a whole lot more because I'm giving you kind of a grandfathered in clause. And consequently, he hasn't lost any sponsors. Really nice guy. And uh, here's a guy that just got it. And all it was, was Dave is is not old, but he's kind of my age-ish. And I think he said it was his daughter that said, Dad, you should probably come up with some sort of social media to promote your cigar shop. And next thing you know, he's doing this and doing that. So uh, thanks to Dave. Thanks to Ed for the tour, for a great night, for some really good Typhu. Ed, uh, did I say Dave? Ed? what well, you know, Ed Sullivan. That's it. Oh, and by the way, that is his real name. But uh, Ed's like, oh, man, let me take you to this Thai place. That was really yummy. And it was nice for uh, to hang out with Dave for a bit and see the studio. It was a great time. So just something to think about that mm-hmm. sometimes if you're not sure where the product is, you might have to start the podcast to get the idea from your audience or just ask them, I guess. But uh, it was a great time in Boston and uh, hanging out with Ed and Dave. Now, if you go, Dave, I would love to start a podcast. I just don't know, I have a clue on how to do that. There's a website, schoolofpodcasting.com. If you add a slash start on that, and use the coupon code LISTENER, that's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R, you get access to all of our online courses and I will be actually updating those. It turns out that PowerPress just came out with a new version and I got to update something on Audacity. So you do get up-to-date tutorials and you get access to probably my favorite part, the private Facebook group. So if you want to bounce an idea off other podcasters, like which one is the better description or which artwork do I want? Or do you think you would do this? And does anybody ever done that? Love the private Facebook group. And then we have group coaching twice a month where you can come in and ask me anything. And by that, I mean anything. And if that's not enough, every Thursday we have lunch with Dave. It's a little half-hour group coaching. And the reason for that is I have people from all over the world learning how to podcast, and I have it at different time zones so that we can accommodate your questions. I never want you to feel alone. So check it out, schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. Let me help you start your podcast and grow your influence. Don't forget about January's question of the month. It's something I do. The last episode of every month is based on your feedback. If you're not podcasting yet, the question is, what do you feel is stopping you from starting your podcast? If you are podcasting, what do you plan on doing differently in 2020 and why? I need your answers by January 24th. And you can go to schoolofpodcasting.com/slash/question to answer. That again is schoolofpodcasting.com/slash/question. Oh, call me crazy, but or call me a guy that doesn't like to do the same presentation over and over and over and over. But one of the cool things I did, and I do this all the time, is I always try to figure out who my audience is. Who am I talking to? And I will actually almost create a presentation from scratch. Now, a lot of times I will have pre-made slides that will work. But in this case, I needed to make some new ones because it wasn't enough to say, here's what a good podcast is or here's RSS feeds and things. They wanted some specifics. And so I've talked about this in the past. I have said that I sat down and I wrote down everything I consumed whether it was on TV, whether it was a book, magazine, radio, whatever it was, DVDs, CDs, smoke signals, whatever it was, I said, okay, why am I consuming this content? And you've heard me say this a million times if you're a regular listener. Those things typically make me laugh, make me cry, make me think, make me groan as in, ugh, ah, oh, ugh. And then I tune in again next week to go, oh, I hate this, ugh, oh, ugh. And then I tune in again next week and then educate if you can make me a little smarter, I would say if you can make me think, oh, I'm your friend for life or they just flat out entertain me. And if you can do multiple things like that, like I love uh, John Oliver's show on HBO last week tonight. Why? Because it educates me and it makes me laugh. Um, Sam, Samantha B has a show called full frontal on TBS. That makes me kind of groan, makes me think, and at times makes me, laugh those are political shows if you think about mash back in the day boy totally let's talk about happy days in the waltons while we're at it dave Jeez, can i date myself anymore but those mash was a show literally back in the 70s about the korean war that was actually a comedy because you know war is funny <laughs> Woo! but uh, there was actually some very serious parts of that show as well so when you can combine these you can really start to tug on people's emotions because that's really what you want to do when you can get them to feel something now, now we're getting somewhere. So when I looked at other elements of of what makes a good podcast, here's some things. One is you want to allow either the host or if you're doing interviews, the guest. And I love this word because I can't say it. The word is vulnerable. That's no problem. It's when I say vulnerability. Hey, look at that. I just did it uh that one throws my tongue for a loop but when you can kind of show when you can slightly paint yourself in maybe a not so great uh light or say you know i was really scared here or something that just doesn't make you sound like i am a superhero i am invincible right you're vulnerable uh the other thing is with a host if we're going back to interviews i've researched a lot about interviews. They all have a link in the show notes at schoolofpodcasting.com/slash 705. I did a, an episode called basically The Ultimate Guide to Being and Doing Interviews. And the key is listening. Everyone I talk to or any book I read on interviews, it's like the key is listening. And another thing that people love is behind the scenes information that you can't get anyplace else. I remember once I was talking to somebody who did a podcast. For minor league baseball, and I think it was even like a team, a minor league baseball team, and they said one of their most popular episodes was the one where they interviewed the mascot, and they interviewed the organ player. You know the guy that's going, bam, 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 bam. yeah, because we never get to meet those people, and we know. I think we all secretly want to wear the mascot, like whatever costume wants. I think that would be great fun. And so behind the scenes stuff is always great. Uh, Great follow-up questions, I think, make a great podcast, which again goes back to listening. And I would be remiss if I did not say, know your audience. I say that I think in every episode, know your audience. Think about this. Let's say your podcast is food. All right, just let's go there for a second. All right, bear with me. And you make a stew, right? Can you see the, the potatoes and the carrots and the, the gravy stuff, right? And you, you got it there and the, the, you, you bought the best whatever it is that you put in stew, stew meat, and somebody shows up and they say, oh, that smells so good. Mm, oh, is that vegetarian stew? Because I'm vegetarian. Ooh, you didn't know your audience. And it's very much the same with a podcast. If you know who your audience is, then you can give them what they want. Last week, I did an episode that was called the podcast launch reality check. And I was kind of worried because I was kind of like, look, it's not easy. It's a lot of fun, but it's a lot of hard work. And that's not really what you kind of expect from a podcast consultant. I'm supposed to be going, come on, everyone, follow your passion and your dreams and let's make a million dollars. And uh, but what was cool about that? And it really, I I, I was kind of worried about that episode, but here's what it's doing. It's attracting the people that I want to work with. I'm going to say that again. When people heard that, the people that were like, oh, that's the guy I want to work with. I was like, oh, I should have done this sooner because I'm not getting the people that want to start a podcast and quit their day job in six weeks. When you make the content for your target audience, it will attract your target audience because if you do something, does that make, I know it sounds so kind of like, duh, but if you're trying to attract, you know, people that love stew meat, the vegetarians are not going to tune into that because that's not your target audience. Something else that I think podcasters we're, were so happy that we got the microphone to work that we're just ecstatic that we record the very first thing we do and we put it out. And I get that. I understand that we're excited. We want to get the message out, but I think we really need to find people that we can trust. And I, you've heard me say this a million times, not named mom and not cousin Louie or uncle Sal or aunt Judy, find people that you think are your target audience and get some honest feedback. Say, Hey, can you listen to this and talk about it? Like I'm not in the room. And then I think the other thing is kind of based on last week, you need the courage to say the things that will draw your target audience closer to you while separating them from the people that aren't. And there is a show well, there was a show (laughs) on Netflix called house of cards. In the very first episode, Kevin Spacey is the kind of the, the bad guy in the show. And some might say bad guy in other places as well. And uh, he does something very bad. I won't spoil it for you. But if you like dogs, I'll just go that route. Uh, you, There are a lot of people that tuned out after episode one because they're like, I, and it just tuned them out. And they said they did that on purpose because if you couldn't handle the nastiness of episode one, you were not going to like the rest of the series. Another element is a good old fashioned tease. If you're telling a story you have your audience wondering, I wonder what happens next. And somehow maybe you allude to something coming up or something like that. A good old fashioned tease because people hate half done stuff. You want to know how it turns out. So a good tease can really, really help. And that's actually good to do at the end of your show. Hey, next week, we're going to be talking about such and such. And if you want to learn about teases, I'll put a link in the show notes to a episode by Eric K. Johnson. He's the podcast talent coach. He's also my co-host on the show podcast review show. If you're looking to get some feedback on your show, check that out podcast review show, but teases are a great strategy to really get people hooked into your content. So what I thought I would do, what inspired this little talk between you and me is I was listening to a podcast by Mark Marin. He does a show called WTF very 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 popular podcast and he was interviewing Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt and that's what kind of inspired this because I listened to it and said wow that's a that's a good question ooh that was good that was good this was good and i've seen there is a series on youtube called why is this song good and this guy goes through and breaks it apart so i want to do that now so the first thing I mention is vulnerability. And Mark kind of does that. So I'm going to play you some clips here from this episode from Mark Marin's WTF podcast. I got this
1: uh, email from somebody, "Thanks for getting me into rehab."
0: So Mark is not afraid to show himself and his wrinkles and his warts and he had a big drug problem apparently back in the day of Sam Kennison and stuff. And by being vulnerable, he's inspired other people to get into rehab. So I love the fact that he, and here again, he's doing a great thing by getting his audience involved. He's when people write into the show, Now I'm sure there are a gazillion different emails he gets, but he does share emails from his audience. So he's appreciative of them. He gets them involved with the show. And uh, how does he pick the emails? My guess is whatever touches his heart, but It's amazing that here's a guy that it's not a show about rehab, it's not a show about getting clean, but just by talking about his life and how he occasionally, you know, eats too many lozenges or uh, nicotine lozenges and he was on the patch and all this other stuff, he's inspiring people to try to get themselves clean. And he's been clean for decades, which is amazing. He's a great guy and he's back on top.
1: Your openness about working the program made it easier for me to buy in and I haven't looked back since. So thank you. I hope this might make its way to you and that maybe I'll see you here again at some point. Matt, Matt, congratulations, man. Congratulations. That's a big deal.
0: That is a big deal. And congratulations to Mark for being clean for decades. You never know who's listening and you never know the effect your words are going to have on people. Brad Pitt, it turns out, is a huge fan of Mark's TV show called Marin. It's on IFC. And so Mark explains how it's kind of interesting to interview somebody who's actually a fan of him. But listen to this clip where he explains it's behind the scenes stuff and it's him being vulnerable, explaining how he's a little nervous.
1: It's kind of exciting when I I, I get to, to see him again and, and what he has to say when we meet at this time. Now, I've never met Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, I was excited. Now, here's the deal. I think this might be the last one I do like this because I, I the anxiety level is high and I know that some of you heard me make a, a big deal out of some of the problems I had with my equipment during the John Taturo episode, but you didn't really hear them because my producer, Brendan McDonald, the genius... But I do get a tremendous amount of anxiety and I'm already anxious going into these conversations. Even though I've done a thousand plus of them, I never really know what's going to happen and it causes me some anxiety. You know, I'm excited, but I don't really know. I would say 99.9, I would say 98% of the time heading into a talk, I'm anxious i'm nervous i'm uh i i don't know you know how what's going to happen I've, i have to I, I meditate on how to approach it you know how am i gonna you know uh what what's the through line in my mind you know what 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 can i lock into to start the conversation i don't know these things and it doesn't and hasn't gotten any better after a thousand however many episodes
0: that is vulnerability right there and sometimes there there's a difference between behind the scenes stuff that's great and how the sausage is made, which is boring. So in this case, because it's, it's true, honest emotion. I put this in as vulnerability and things you can't get anyplace else because it's inside his head.
1: But you know, I, then that's one other level of anxiety is function, you know, working that equipment. Will the mics hold up? Will the wires work? Well, will the, can I get the levels right? So I, and I'm not a sound engineer. So that causes another level ang- of anxiety and,
0: Okay, I'll, I'll cop to it. There, there were a couple of issues. Notice he didn't say what the issues are. That, my friend, is called a tease. Because now you're like, wait, issue? What? What happened? Huh? Wait, what? What do you mean? Another thing that Mark does really good is you never know. Like I put little jazz music behind. You never know when Mark has gone into a advertisement. And here's an example of using vulnerability storytelling to then introduce a sponsor. Check this out. I think we can all agree
1: that high school is a four-year-long embarrassment parade that's filled with terrible moments. Like for me, for instance, the night that I got drunk at a football game and my friends left me and I was uh, just in the bleachers laying down on the ground and I threw up, you know, laying down. I could have died, but instead I just uh, got rice in my hair, which was pointed out to me by a girl hours later uh, while I sat at a McDonald's not knowing how I got there that's an extreme case Uh, It's awkward for all of us, but especially for Matilda and Genevieve on the new Freeform series, everything's going to be okay. They've got all the pitfalls of high school, and then their dad dies, and then their gay Australian half-brother moves in to raise them. That's a lot on anyone's plate.
0: So now I understand why he did the tease, because I didn't even realize it was a commercial, and by the time I realized it was a commercial, the commercial was over by the time I even thought about hitting Fast Forward for 30 Seconds. I love the way he did that, and it just kind of flows in and out. He gets to it, gets out of it, and I now understand why he did the tease because he wanted me to stay through the commercial. After the commercial, he comes right back with insights that you can't get anyplace else. He's sharing the story about what it was like. He's, he's painting the picture of the room where they're in, where he's doing the interview, and then he shares more insights.
1: It's a natural gift. I mean, granted, I've grown up most of my life seeing Brad Pitt in, in movies and doing amazing work, and the same with DiCaprio. And I, again, I have a lot of respect for these guys, but when they walk in, I mean, they, <laughs> they, they feel like movie stars, and that's just, that is a natural gift. I, I, I've, did the work in my brain to separate them from, you know, like I just, these are people and I'm going to separate them from their work. I'm just going to, they're going to be in front of me and they're going to be regular people, but you know, they're just fucking movie stars and they're both great actors and it was very exciting.
0: Now, as a listener, I like this clip because I like Mark. I, I have that weird listener kind of relationship where I... I feel like I know Mark and I know I don't know him at all, but I feel like I know him. And I was, I'll give you an example. I was super happy when he got to interview Keith Richards, which is one of his heroes. Now, granted, he got to interview President Obama too, but for me as a guitar player, I knew what it would be like to interview one of your musical heroes. And I was smiling ear to ear when he announced I got to interview Keith Richards today. So I love the insight here. I love the natural. Emotion, and I'm going to actually break away from Mark here for a second because this just happened as I was recording this. I'm I've got the football game on in the background, and Jimmy Johnson was the coach for the Dallas Cowboys, and he just got inducted into the Football Hall of Fame, and they surprised him on TV, and the guy could not talk. Here's a quick clip. Oh. Uh, the, the only thing I can think of is. All the assistant coaches that have worked for me, all the great players that have played for me, they're the reason I'm here. And they're the reason I, I can't talk. <laughs> and look, I don't know Jimmy Johnson. They cut away to Troy Aikman, who was his quarterback for many years when he won the Super Bowl. Troy Aikman is tearing up big time. Jimmy Johnson is tearing up big time. He can barely talk. And the beauty of it was you can't fake emotions. Now, granted, there are actors that can cry on demand, but this was the epitome of raw and unscripted. They surprised him. And that's what I think is great when you can just be vulnerable, when you can share your feelings with your audience, if it, this is why we say, if you can share a story to make a point in your podcast, share a story about your life that really touched. I don't know either of those guys and I'm getting all teared up about some football coach going. I'm like, just because it was so incredibly real. I don't know how else to explain it that I was like, wow, that's not fake. That's like, that dude's having a hard time breathing right now. And, and I knew it touched him. I knew it was like, and he even said, he goes, you know, you work so hard. It's so great when it's finally appreciated. And who does that not resonate with every single person on the planet? So many times, the first question on an interview is tell me a little bit about yourself. And that's just for me, it screams lazy podcast host that doesn't know who their subject is and want, wants the, the guest to do all the homework that they should have done. And when I was in Boston, I met Robbie from the show on the schmooze. Uh, and he has like one of the best first questions he uses. Everybody gets the same first question, but listen to this question and just think about how this is going to open up to stories and great follow-up questions. Tell me, how do you define leadership? And when did you realize
1: you had the skills to lead?
0: Man, what a great first question. Cause first of all, everybody defines success differently. And then number two, they're going to start telling stories to answer that question of when did you feel you? Cause notice that word that when did you feel you had those skills? So we're talking about feelings. And I was like, man, that is a great first question. Now with Mark, he had two people. How do you ask a question that both of them can answer? And I don't know if he, if he did this on purpose or not, but he knew. So number one, know your audience. And he knew both these guys uh, collect art. And I think it happened because Brad Pitt started to interview him because Mark just broke up with his girlfriend, who was an abstract painter. And so Brad Pitt started asking him questions about art. And I think that's what triggered Mark to say, hey, you guys collect art. So he asked them a question about that, which then got Leo explaining stories about how he got into art. Do you You both collect art. Yes.
1: And your dad... Was like a comic guy. Yes, From my, my there, yeah. last gasp was where. Well, he was a, a comic book distributor yeah. around Los Angeles, and he used to take me in his station wagon called the Pussmobile. Yeah.
0: And anytime you have a story that involves the words Pussmobile, you know you are on audio gold. But it was a great first question that got people uh telling stories, and then he asked them about their how did they get started in acting and they talked about their first jobs and what's great is not only is mark available to be somewhat vulnerable but also the guests were these guys were willing to talk about the days when things weren't great so here's a quick story from Brad Pitt
1: and i got my i went on my first audition and uh, I'm pretty excited about it it's for a film and i came back and this this so this agent who, yeah. was, who was trying me, trying me on, as they did then. I said, "How did I do?" And she yeah. said, "You ever thought about acting classes?"
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, as you're listening to that interview, you're also remembering that Mark gave you the tease that there was going to be some sort of technical problem. So, in the back of your head, you're kind of wondering, like, "Well, I wonder what that is." And it sounded like this: "Monica,
1: move your hand up on that thing." So I, I think, so, no, like, uh, so you're not holding the connection. Oh, I'm sorry.
0: Where's the buzz coming from, man?
1: Where's the, buzz? Where's the buzz? Oh, you're on it. There you go. Still a, a buzz? No, no, it's kind of gone. Good, oh, okay. man. Was it was that awkward when I got all freaked out? No, oh, there is not a, really. There is a buzz. Like, I kind of will be patient, to get and all we'll all
2: cut this out. It'll be all great.
1: No, I kind of expect you to get all freaked out yeah, I, I a little bit. Care. I'm like kind of waiting for it. Yeah. <laughs> dude you should see lose your shit i was then. with fucking Totoro, man and the hand thing was one thing and then i looked down and the fucking thing wasn't recording so <laughs> oh, he, no. he saw it we had done like a half an hour man oh, and i was like oh fuck <laughs> and tituro's sitting there watching me spin out like i literally just wanted to
0: quit now there was part of me that like why didn't they cut this out and the reason for that was you were dying to see is mark going to lose his mind and he Kinda did, but what did he do? He gave you another story and gave you some behind the scenes information that you can't get anyplace else. So so, but also notice these guys are laughing. They're very relaxed at this point. They're just having a conversation in front of some microphones. And so I thought it was pretty funny. And it also for me, I was kind of like, all right, it was a buzz. And I was it did go away and come back. And it was each time you're like, oh, is Mark gonna lose it? So it kind of added this whole little extra dimension of waiting for things to kind of mess up. But I thought Mark actually handled it pretty well. Um, if it if it was me, I probably would have cut it out, except it was pretty funny listening to Mark kind of somewhat lose it. And in reality, he didn't really lose it. It was kind of fun to listen to. In fact, he did a really good job. Once they got the buzz to go away, he actually remembered where he was and they picked up and just kept on going. So what were we just talking about? Movies. We were talking <laughs> about our <laughs> earliest film. Yes, and I've heard other podcasters say that they've actually kind of developed the skill of rolling with it because there are times when technology kind of just throws you a curveball and you have to deal with it. So Mark did a great job of just going back to where where we he picks up and kept on going. But throughout the interview. He had some really good follow-up questions. Uh, They said something like, we grew up following people uh, in movies and TVs. And Mark asked, well, who were you following? And that then led to, what were your first TV jobs or movie jobs and things like that? And then they got into, have you ever been on a film that the script was great, but the movie came out awful? Somehow it just, somewhere during the process of making it, it lost it. And they said yes. And then they got into, well, how do you know... If, like, what does it feel like when the movie tanks? And that just led to all sorts of great stories. I I went to a premiere. I won't mention the name of the film, but I just remember my friend looking at me and going, not my cup of tea. (laughs) (laughs) Not my cup of tea. Now, I think there's another key ingredient here as to why this was a good episode. And that is not only did Mark know his guests, The guests knew the show they were going on. And I think that helped create that atmosphere of kind of having fun with each other, having a good laugh, nothing too serious. But they actually got into some really good conversations, a lot of behind the scenes of how do they pick their script. Mark asked a great question. They said, we grew up watching people. And Mark said, really, who were you watching? Which led to what were your first roles on TV and movies and things of that nature? And Leo mentioned how he was in, I think he said critters three, but was actually cut out of the movie. So that was his first movie that he was in, even though he's actually not in it. So I think that's another key ingredient. So if you are relying on your guest to know your show, don't do that. Explain to them who they're talking to explain to them, that it's not radio. We talked about this again in the interview uh, episode that I'll have links to out at school of podcasting.com slash seven Oh five. So again, those things that you want to think about good ingredients, not only make them laugh, cry, think grow, and educate educator, entertain, but also see if you can be a little vulnerable, share a little bit about yourself. And again, a great way to do this is just to illustrate a point with a story from your life. Uh, Have great listening skills if you are doing interviews. Include behind-the-scenes information that, again, is going to make people laugh, cry, think, grown, educate, or entertain. Because otherwise, just behind-the-scenes stuff might be how the sausage is made. and Sometimes that gets really boring because we don't really care how the sausage is made. Include great follow-up questions, which means, again, that you are a great listener. Know your audience. Create a focus group. This is the one I, I don't know that many people do. Try to find some people in your audience. This is where private Facebook groups really come in handy when you can say, I'm thinking of doing this. What do you guys think of that? Or have an email list where in do a poll, things like that. And don't be afraid to say things that might stop people from listening if those people that aren't listening are not your target audience. Because again, They're not your target audience. It's not about getting a ton of downloads. It's a ton of getting the right downloads. And if you're telling stories, see if there's a way that you can tell it in a way that has people wondering what's going to happen next. And learn the art of the tease. The tease can be great for keeping people tuned in so they listen to more of your podcast. If you need help with any of this stuff, I would love to help you. Come visit me school slash start. Use the coupon code listener. That's L I S T E N E R sign up for either a monthly or yearly subscription or buy them all a cart. And don't forget there is a 30 day money back guarantee. So if you sign up and on day 29, you're like, uh, Dave, nah, that's all right. I will give you your money back. 2020 new year, new you new podcast let me help you do that thanks so much for listening until next week take care god bless class is dismissed if you like what you hear then tell somebody. if you like what you hear then tell that's always that always gangsbusters it, it always gangsbusters it does it goes up to a gang and it busts them podcasting sense way too loud peeking the crap out of my meters and so dave heard opportunity 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 with knocking at the door